have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the standard, Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> the gold standard? The sta- Glenn the standard Stansberry. <laughs> the evening standard, Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> oh yeah, I like it. I'll take it. Evening standard, I kind of like that actually. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that means. How would you but... use that? Hey, it's evening standard over there. <laughs> I don't know, Glenn. I don't know. Well, it sounds it sounds good. Yeah, I think it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Glenn, the evening standard Stansberry. <laughs> it's kind of hard to say, actually. Doesn't really roll. Kind of bounces. Yeah, it's trips. Kind of regurgitates. Um, <laughs> speaking of standards, Glenn. Speaking of regurgitating, we have low standards. <laughs> but our site, gentleman.com, has high standards. That's right. <laughs> high standards. Nothing but the best for gentleman.com. Mm. And that's where you should spend your afternoon today. Maybe your evening. Maybe your morning. Look, if you've you got one of those jobs that, you know, sometimes the boss isn't around, you uh, close the office door, and you can start browsing the World Wide Web. Ooh. You know, spend a little bit of an afternoon taking a diversion from your difficult job. Yeah. Uh, then I would spend some of that time over at gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a great little site. It has how-tos, how-to-not-dos, <laughs> um, informational, funny stories, sad stories. History. Heartwarming stories. History. All kinds of stuff wrapped up into one site. Mm. Uh, you can go there and... Uh, mingle with like-minded in- individuals over at gentleman.com. And once you've done that, uh, you're definitely going to want to go over to this subsite. This is kind of like, uh, this is a secret. No one knows about this site, but it's called podcast.gentleman.com. Don't tell mm, anybody. Mm, mm, mm. Don't mention that to anyone else. But we're sharing this because we think you might be interested in going over to podcast.gentleman.com and listening to 134 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. They are um, in limited supply, uh, limited time only. Um, <laughs> listen now. They expire at the end of the week. They expire. So. <laughs> you only got a Self-destruct. week. Self-destruct. <laughs> You'll have to listen to two episodes at once. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn. You, so, yeah, you can check out uh, podcast.gym1.com where I'm going to link up some of the, the – it's not really a secret, actually. Um, you can tell everybody about it. Um, the <laughs> – I'm going to link up some of the things we're going to talk about on the show tonight, and then we're and uh, you can also check out previous episodes. You can see some of the beers we've, uh, we've rated before, and lots of other fun stuff over there at podcast.gentleman.com. Finally, once you've uh, visited podcast.gentleman.com, you've gone to gentleman.com, you've wasted hours of your life there, you're probably going to want to get in touch with us. Mm. Wasted? Well, you know. Spent? Spent. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess wasted is a strong word. I, I would say that, yeah, it would be time well spent. Uh, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> uh, but so, so anyway, sorry, I just, I had a joke pop in my head, but I was like, no, nah, that's stupid. Um, 
<laughs> I do have some kind of a filter here. Um, so, okay, mm. so, but what I was going to say, Glenn, was that people can get in touch with us. They can do so by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. We will talk about it. We will put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Wall of Fame. And uh, we'll probably send you something, uh, a little something back in return for really uh, being such a good, uh, upstanding member of the Gentleman community. Mm. Uh, so anyway, Glenn, failing that, though, if you can't do that, that's fine. You can get in touch with us via email at howdyatgentleman.com. You can also stop by, you know, Twitter or um, Facebook uh, and um, the social networks of the of that ilk. Mm-hmm. Um, if you still use those things. If you, <laughs> you still use those things. <laughs> Hopefully you're migrating your data over to gentleman.com. <laughs> uh, Don't worry. We already have it. Yeah, where it's safe. <laughs> it's we keep, safe. It's, it's yeah. safe from Google and Facebook. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, Glenn, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, get in touch with us is the point. Please do so. Um, okay, Glenn, well, let's uh, get on to the media episode, which is the drink of the week this week. Mm. Um, and this week, Glenn, I stopped into you. Uh, we're facing an ever-increasing onslaught of IPAs. Spring has sprung. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's kind of a year-round thing, but you're right. It seems like in the spring there's no. even more... Uh, even more shelf space is being taken up. I don't know. There's going to be a time where I'm going to go to the store and all I'm going to see is IPAs. There's not even going to be a Bud Light. Yeah, the limited release Bud Light. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so it's it's getting pretty wild out there. But I was able to track down one thing that wasn't an IPA. Um, (laughs) And uh, this this caught my eye, actually. This is pretty interesting. This is is a new beer from Sam Adams. um, And it's called a Sam 76. And I'm not exactly sure why it's... Well, I guess 1776. That's, that's probably that's that, probably that, that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Or 1976. Just, 1976 yeah. is a good year. Yeah. Bicentennial. Uh, maybe it's somebody's football number. Maybe could a lineman. Could be. Could be. Maybe they've Sam got was the, a lineman. They've got the apostrophe here, so yeah, I'm really, assuming it's... Really, really seems like a year. Probably a year. But I don't know. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter, Glenn, because, you know, really the only thing that matters is, is what this thing tastes like. Um, and this... So this is a new beer... Uh, according to the the uh, can, it says Sam Seventy Six is a perfect union of lager and ale, giving you a craft beer with the flavor of an ale and the refreshment and crisp finish of a lager. Mm. And the result is revolutionary. Ooh! <laughs> I need to pay their copyright a little bit more. Wow. Okay. Well, so let's uh, crack these beers open and see yeah. what they taste like. Got that over. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. A little foamy there. All right, cheers, cheers. man. It enhanced that clink. <laughs> mm. It's not... Well, that's weird. I don't know if I'd call it revolutionary. I'd call it more... <laughs> kind of weird, actually. It's, it's actually not bad. I'm not... I don't know. It's pretty weird. I can't figure it out. Yeah, it is kind of a. I think I like it. It's kind of a head fake. Yeah. Something about it. Yeah. That... It's like a crossover. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't make my mind. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, let, uh, let me, Glenn. What are, if you if you had to put a rating on this beer, uh, what would you? Well, before I would do that, I would I would ask a couple questions. Oh yeah, we need to we need the data. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so four point six. 4.7% alcohol by volume. 
it's uh, 12 IBUs. Mm. And also, it is, uh, price is $8.99. $8.99 for a six-pack. <sighs> Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's a little, uh, I mean... Wait, they, and these are cans. Wait, wait. These are cans, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's a little, it's a slight on the high side. Low IBUs. Okay, percent of alcohol. That's fine. For a lager shale-ish thing. Yeah. Gotta remember, it's not an IPA. We have limited options. I, I, I'm telling you, yeah, we're really we're down to three. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surprised there's only 12 IBUs in there. It's if, it does it, taste a little. It's really bitey. Yeah. Not bite. Well, I should say really bitey. Yeah. It's, it's got, got a little, little bit of a bit kick. Um. Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is kind of a head scratcher. You know what, Brian? I think I'm gonna go with the inspiration from the can, and it's seven point six. No, no, I'm kidding. Oh, okay, okay. I, I was, I was actually, uh, actually, actually, I'm gonna go seven point seven. Seven point seven. Huh? Yeah. I was gonna go seven point five. Yeah. Because I just, I can't make my mind up about it. I don't dislike it. I don't dislike it. But I don't like it. Yeah, that's the thing. About, <laughs> that's the thing is that if I have a beer, I don't want to spend half the time figuring out what it is while I'm drinking. Maybe they should just instead of trying to be revolutionary, maybe they should just stick to the classics. Man, give me a Boston Lager any day. Stick to the hits. Yeah, just play the hits. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, it doesn't matter what you th- you and I think. I was gonna say it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think, Glenn. And that's because we have a world class mustache twist scale computer that will we will input. We will open a terminal. We will input some of this data, and using machine learning, AI. Um, Custom algorithms, mm. blockchain, and Bitcoin. <laughs> it's the world's only Bitcoin and blockchain uh, <laughs> computer. It will uh, it will give us an empirical, infallible, scientific, uh, scientifically provable rating for this beer. Uh, just don't ask for the proof. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Glenn. And and we're by the way, I should add, we're prepared to testify before Congress yes. about the validity of. We cannot uh, divulge the algorithm, but well, yeah, we, but we, we will. We will. We will stand behind we our will, product. We will take the stand yep. if necessary. Just like every great company. Just call us up, Congress. <laughs> uh, Why are you guys here again? <laughs> I, we're here to testify. Tell you, tell you about something yeah. here in front of us. Um, okay, Glenn. Let's cut the crap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's type in some facts. Let's type in some facts in the NTS computer. Okay. So I said uh, the price was eight ninety nine. I'm going to do this in reverse order. The IBUs are 12. Uh, the alcohol by volume is 4.7. Uh, 4.7%. And this is 12 fluid ounces of beer. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, just give it one second. I think the MTS computer will be wrapped up and we can get this print off and we'll know for sure what the uh, empirical and fallible scale is, or score is for this uh, ad- or SAM 76. Oh. Mm. It's like they just added water to it. It's a weird name too, Sam seventy six. Should be like Sam's seventy six or I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this uh, print off to print off maybe back over here. We just step over here, get the print off, and then I will be back here. This step. <sighs> Man, I gotta tell you, it's getting more and more perilous to get back to these print offs <laughs> every time. Okay. Uh, Glenn, I looked up 
I uh, got the paper right here, mm-hmm. straight off. Hot. Mm-hmm. Off. I can still feel the heat on the printer here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out it's a seven point six on the mustache wow. scale. Wow! Wow! Pretty pretty weird. It's weird. It's like uh, uh, what a coincidence. Seven point six. Huh? You know, I wonder if our algorithm has gotten so advanced that now it's it's playing jokes on us. It understands humor. Is it's that it, possible, Brian? It's, you know, I'm worried right now. <laughs> Congress? I'm Congress. I'm worried that... Uh, tell us. Have you ever seen 2001 A Space Odyssey? <laughs> I, I saw it in 2001. <laughs> Interestingly, uh, I went over to beersnob.com, which we do sometimes, because uh, I was curious what the beer snobs have to say about this. And uh, it looks like they, they've, they've got it pinned at a 7 point... Two, two four. four. Seven point two four. Wow. So um not that far off, really. Wow, I they really did not like it. Um Yeah, that's pretty low for a or, No, hang on, this is a Sam Adams. They don't like Sam Adams, right? Yeah, that makes sense. They don't like Sam yeah. I'm surprised it's not I'm surprised it's that high, honestly. Yeah. because uh, usually it would be because it'd be penalized because it's such a beersnob.com is just you know, usually pretty snobby. But. Well, and they yeah, they don't they don't like the largest craft brewer in the nation. That's true. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, 7.6, you heard it here first mm. and last, mm-hmm. and in between, it's 7.6. Uh, okay, Glenn, well, we've got that figured out. Mm. Now let's move on to some interesting posts from gentleman.com the last two weeks or so. Okay, Brian. Well, first up, we have a post by uh, prolific gentlementor Demon. Demon mm-hmm. has posted... Uh, an interesting uh, little article titled Bicycle Day Celebrates the Discovery of LSD. And it is an article from Slate Magazine. I think they're a magazine. I don't yeah. know. I think at one point they're a magazine. Who knows these days? Yeah. I know they're either. not fake news, I don't think. Well, you never know. But um, this article is about the uh, April 19th. April 19th is National Bicycle Day. But little did I know, Brian, that April 19th was also the day that um, Swiss chemist Albert Hoffman first dosed himself with lysergic acid diethylamide, diethy, diethylamide 25, or what you and I know as LSD. Mm. Um, and so what happened was is a few days before, he was he, he discovered LSD by accident, right? So he was uh, trying to make a respiratory, um, like a new respiratory stimulant. Mm. And he was uh, cooking some, uh, he's crystallizing a batch of this stuff. And it said that he was, he became very restless and then kind of dizzy. And then later at home, he perceived an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures, extraordinary shapes with intense kaleidoscopic play of colors. So he had an acid trip. And um, so... A couple days later, he decided, you know what? Let's just let's just see what happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna dose myself, and and so he took a he took a he took a dose of LSD, and then he got on his bike and rode home with his uh, companion. And he he basically he said it was a bad idea. And uh, <laughs> I have made a huge mistake. <laughs> he's on the bike. He said that uh, he he read he rode his bicycle home from the lab, and. And they didn't have cars. The cars were restricted at the time because of World War II. And he said it was the most terrifying and magical bike ride ever. And that uh, he saw he, everything was kind of wavy, kind of wavy gravy mm-hmm. and distorted and curved. And he had the sensation of being il- unable to move. 
But his assistant who was riding next to him was like, no, you were pedaling like really fast. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So Man, April 19th is, really... yeah, National I, Bike Day. I had Day. no idea. I had no idea. I, um, yeah, that's crazy. It's a crazy story. I can't even imagine being the guy that invented that stuff. <laughs> and I thought scientists weren't supposed to like take their own supply. And hey, he's Swiss. You know, high on the, that. Well, you know. Uh, but any good scientist, Brian, will will test a hypothesis. Uh, yeah, and I think his hypothesis is uh, was that. <laughs> I mean, look at the, uh, uh, he, yeah, but, he looks ready for it. Well, <laughs> well, anyway, Brian. Next time you uh, you get on a bicycle, you think of our good friend Albert Hoffman. And his absolutely. first uh, bicycle ride on LSD. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. April nineteenth. April nineteenth. Okay. Well, so next year when that comes around, I'll have to take a bike ride. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> pedal really fast. Yeah. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, let's talk about. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry. So next up, Brian. Yeah. We have a uh, another attack by a guy that I don't think we uh, have. A gentleman member who I don't think we've brought up many times before. His name's Chris Campbell. Hmm, okay. And Chris Campbell has posted a wonderful little tack mm-hmm. titled California Town Overrun by Tumbleweeds. And it's from The Guardian. And the article in The Guardian, I mean, it talks about it's this perfect combination, it's a perfect storm, right? Right. Victorville, California, uh, has a huge storm. You know, high winds. I think they said 60 mile an hour winds. Yep. And the result is that it just blew a crap load of tumbleweeds into this town. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, like you know, a couple feet high. I mean it covered entire houses. Mm. Like these tumbleweeds just overran everything. And um, people were calling 911 because they were so freaked out about these tumbleweeds. Uh, There's like a guy that was trapped in his house or something? Yeah. I, <laughs> it's like... It's like a snowstorm with tumbleweeds, I think. I don't know how you get trapped in your house. That seems like you could <laughs> no, just... No! 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 Force yeah. the door open. I don't know. But. Uh, they brought up an interesting fact in the article, Ryan, that... Uh, well, <laughs> Wait, hang on. I found a quote here. This is from... Uh, <clears throat> this is from Ralph Zavi. Mm-hmm. He told the local news station that it was just too much. They were just coming and coming. They were just coming and coming. Can you imagine tumbleweed? I mean, in the Midwest. Uh, I was going to say that the, um, I really, they have some, they have one quote in here that really stuck out to me that I thought was interesting. And uh, one of the neighbors named Nav Mangid. I don't know, what kind of a name is that? Nav Mangit. Nav Mangit told the network, one of her neighbors was trapped for two hours <laughs> until work crews could remove the pileup from his front door and garage. There was like a hundred of these bushes. They were just flowing like it was a tornado yesterday. Now, wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> uh, we're from Kansas. We, we, we know a thing or two about tornadoes. And uh, some tumbleweeds covering your front door. That's not a comparison that should be made, yeah. really. The tumbleweeds aren't going to blow your house over. Right. They're not going right. to compact your house. Suck you into the atmosphere. Yes. You're not going to see cows flying by. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to, you know, 
add a little comparison, maybe a metaphor there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Sorry, Nav Magnet. So, you know, <laughs> if that is your real name, it would be disconcerting, right? <laughs> yeah, if that is your real name. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> well, anyway, all's well. It's all been cleaned up. It's all fine. Everything's all fine. Did they uh, just have like a fire? I mean, they just I think torch them all. People, uh, people. I think they just loaded them up into garbage trucks and got them the heck out of there. Yeah. So I mean, they certainly they needed to be preserved. I so. just, I'm just glad everyone's safe. Yeah, exactly. That two hour ordeal, <laughs> like a tornado, must have been rough. <laughs> uh, okay, Glenn. Well, this is uh, this is uh, okay. So thanks, Chris Campbell, for posting that. Mm. Well done, sir. Appreciate your uh, contribution to the site. Um, this is a little thing that I posted, and I thought this was really interesting. This is from Popular Mechanics, and. It says uh, dry ice is the new the newest weapon against rats, mm. and uh, our furry little friends rats uh, are proliferating in New York. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's there's, you know, uh, I've never personally seen a rat in New York, but I've been in the subway, and I can see how <laughs> there's probably a lot of them down there. Uh, but uh, you know, with Rats achieving internet celebrity, like Pizza Rat. The Pizza Rat, yeah. Pizza Rat. There's also, um, I believe, a, uh, it was like Peter Rat. His, <laughs> there's a new one called Peter Rat, where he's like literally tugging a pita up up the stairs or something. Anyway, point is, um, there's, rats are a problem. They just don't care. Yeah, they don't care. And, and, and Especially so New York City rats. They have to, they have, sometimes they have to push the envelope to try to find a way to deal with these, <laughs> these suckers. And um, their newest thing is that they have figured out... That if they pump dry ice into rat burrows, the melting dry ice, the gas that it gives off is carbon dioxide, which will kill the, the rats. So it's a good way to kind of like mass exterminate uh, these rats. There was a demonstration of this, uh, a public demonstration of this, that went over pretty well, except one or two rats escaped. Even though a lady in a red coat tried to step on one of them to kill it, and then a guy tried to kill it with a shovel, it still made it out alive. Rats, man. Rats, they find a way. They find, They'll find a way. Um, <laughs> they just, uh, they, so in this 2017 demonstration, dry ice was able to kill 1,200 rats. Wait. Yeah. 12,000 rats. They have... They, they have, have the a decibel. comma and a weird... The comma, yeah. Uh, let's just say 12,000, because that's more interesting. That sounds better. Yeah. 12,000. Um, and, and even the mayor, New York Mayor Dil de, <laughs> Bill de Blasio, was on hand to watch the extermination. Uh, so anyway, but the, the, uh, the funny thing I thought about this was that the EPA stepped in and said, wait a second, you guys can't be doing this. You can't be using dry ice to kill these rats. This is against EPA regulations. You can't be doing that. <laughs> but uh, the EPA, I'm sensing that the EPA, the EPA had somebody staying in uh, a hotel in New York and use the subway system because they eventually relented. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this, they, they, the EPA rolled back regulations to allow them to use dry ice to kill rats in New York City. And in fact, it allowed Bell Laboratories... To develop rat ice, which nice. the company advertises as the only approved usage of dry ice for rodents in the U.S. 
So out of technological in- innovation, mm-hmm. out of out of this whole thing, I'm I'm all for um, finding creative solutions to get rid of rats. Yeah, um, but it seems like the dry ice thing. It's kind of a. It has to, the conditions have to be perfect for it to work. Like you have to like drop it into the barrel while they're sleeping. I don't really understand the logistics and of they said, of that. Yeah, yeah, like you have to seal it off mm-hmm. so they can't right. get out. Right. Which I don't know. It does seem a little odd, but it, whatever it takes, man. If it takes some dry ice, take some dry ice. What are you gonna do? You know, and and the thing is, it sounds pretty brutal. It sounds kind of mean. Like you're just they just go to sleep. You're really? just wasting yeah twelve thousand rats at a time, but. <laughs> Uh, the, the director of pest control, Ricky Simeone, said, yeah, like you said, Brian, uh, nicely put, they go to sleep and they don't wake up. Yeah. So, right, right, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was fine. Yeah, I'm fine. all for this. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the EPA was like, you know, this may not be the best thing for the ground, but if we don't kill a bunch of rats really soon, that's also not very good for the ground. Or... My house. Yeah. <laughs> or pizza shops. Right. Or pita shops. <laughs> or pita shops. Any of the three. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, we'll have to update on uh, new developments with dry ice and rats. Yeah. We'll keep you posted on that. Yeah. One. Absolutely. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the toast this week, Glenn. Sad toast this week. Mm. Uh, another one of these toasts that you never want to have to give. Fallen comrade. But uh, Harry Anderson. Uh, who you may know as uh, the judge from Night Court. That's how I know him. Yep. Uh, because I, when I was a kid, I watched ju- uh, Night Court all the time. I watched it like every night. Really? Yeah. I was when I was a kid. That was my show. Wow. Night Court. Um. So. Anyway, uh, Harry Anderson pa- played the judge on Night Court, and that's probably what he's most famous for. But he's also a really accomplished magician. Yeah. And uh, first and foremost, he was a magician. He's kind of one of these guys that fell into the acting. As a, just, it, it, it was kind of just fell into the career accidentally, basically, but he was always a performer. Uh, he basically, he had a really interesting story about his life, how I guess he graduated from school and uh, he went and lived in Ashland, Oregon and opened a magic shop. And then he spent uh, his summers traveling the country and just doing street shows, basically, uh, doing magic shows on the street and then just passing a hat. And uh, so, um, so that was that was what he did for a living. And then somehow he found his way into, he kind of found his way being on Cheers because, yeah, like that that his character he plays this character that is 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 basically like the stereotypical con man you see doing the, the shell game or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, was it called like Hat Man Harry or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he kind of had this character that he Harry the Hat Harry the Hat. Yeah, sorry. And it, so he had kind of this character he'd do, and then somebody saw that and thought, oh, this would work really great for Cheers. So he had this bit part on Cheers, and then he got the audition to do the, the main starring role in, in Night Court, which he did for, I think, six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, since then, he's done other things, but um, he's always been, uh, always been you know, mainly a magic guy, and that, that was his, always his thing. Um, and so... Uh, I'll always remember the the Night Court stuff that he did because, like I said, I grew up on that show and I yeah. didn't, I didn't know what half the jokes meant, but uh, <laughs> I just knew they were funny. Well, is he the bailiff, the bald guy? He was like really animated expressions and yeah, yeah. It was a weird show. Yeah, that and then like John Larroquette played this yeah. weird Lothario district attorney guy. Yeah. 
I don't know. It was a weird show, but uh, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot as a kid, and uh, I always liked the magic side of stuff that he did. He he, he kind of rolled some of that stuff into the into the show. Yeah, you know, and uh, so that was kind of cool. They said that he he somehow you know he he been on Saturday Night Live. He'd been on all these shows. Oh, Johnny yeah. Carson. He kind yeah. of worked his way up, yeah. and then somebody gave him a script that was for Night Court, and it was basically about a judge who. Um, you know, kind of was like trying to find the deeper meaning in things about life, and um, he's trying to find love, and he was also, you know, would do magic tricks and stuff like that. And he's like, "That's you. That's that's actually me. Like that would be me. Mm-hmm. That is me. Yeah, I'm your guy." And yeah. they gave him the, they gave him the role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, r- really cool story. He did a lot of things. Um, uh, the, a couple of interesting things about his uh, his magic stuff. He would do things kind of opposite of what normal magicians would do. They would do, they would try to have this whole build up, like a backstory of, all right, this next trick I'm going to do, you know, this eight, I I learned this ancient thing, blah blah blah, and you know, this is this is this I, this is 100 real. I'm not gagging you at all. You know, this is this is totally real. And they saw somebody in half or mm-hmm. something like that. And you know, in the back of your mind, it's not real, right? Right, right. Well, he would just say, look, and he would he would tell a whole backstory. He would do the backstory, but he would say, "Now I'm gonna I'm gonna take this needle and I'm gonna shove it through my arm, and it's not real, but you know it looks really real, doesn't it?" And he'll do it, and people are like, "Ah, it's real, no!" <laughs> and he would just basically tell you like it's not really real, but you you wanted it to be real, and you thought it could be real, yeah. And so anyway, he I don't know. It's just interesting how he would just work in reverse that way, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't know, man. It's pretty cool. I, I I didn't know that much about his his personal story, and uh, he has a whole backstory about yeah, rough upbringing, yeah, rough upbringing, and and learning from actual like card sharks, basically, right? You know, just watching them, people named Minnesota and yeah. stuff like that, you know. Uh, so anyway, so he's got a pretty pretty interesting. So yeah, if you get a chance, read an article about it. I'll, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, post up something on uh, podcast.gentleman.com the article that we have that we're talking about. Um, so definitely take a take a minute and check it out. Um, pretty interesting to read somebody's story like this that had such an interesting, colorful kind of yeah. upbringing, and then made a pretty successful career out of it. Basically, yeah. And another another great thing we'd be remiss if we didn't mention is that in the last fifteen years of his life, he did a lot of work for um, the people in um, New Orleans. Oh, uh, yeah. he, and he he opened up shops down there, and and after Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. After Hurricane Katrina, um, he opened up. Uh, he opened up. All, he he did a lot of work for the people there and and helping restore the uh, the, the area. He was anyway. It was just it's really cool. He's really big part of the city and and uh, people looked up to him, especially in the, in the French Quarter and everything. So wow, that's cool. Yeah, pretty 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 neat, pretty <laughs> pretty interesting. Uh, pretty interesting guy. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Well, cheers to uh, Mr. Harry Anderson. Cheers. <laughs> Nothing like hard, yeah, clinking like, a can. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Um, well, that means it's time for the... Um, uh, hot and button Topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, I, think, I think you might have posted... Wait, no, I don't think it was you. Um, oh, this it's this guy, Crispy Raccoon. Crispy Raccoon? Uh, melted raccoon. Melted. Okay, sorry. Melted raccoon. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> sorry, Mister Melted. I thought, it was, thought it was crispy raccoon. Melted raccoon. I should get that correct. Uh, Mister Raccoon or 
whoever. Anyway, point is, uh, they took the time to post this wonderful tack, and it's called Netflix Wants to Buy Its Own Movie Theaters. And I thought this is really interesting. This is, you know, Netflix is, the Netflix we know and love started out as a DVD rental service. And now we, it has morphed into this online behemoth where they yeah. are, I think the, the article said that next year they're planning on spending $8 billion on their own movies and mm-hmm. they're going to make 80 original movies next mm-hmm. year. And um, the problem that they're kind of having is they release everything direct to their own service mm-hmm. and thereby everything is not eligible for Academy Awards. Yep. And that's a big, it's a huge marketing There's no box office sales. Yeah. Yeah. And what they're seeing is, I'm sure they don't mention this in the article, but there was see what I've noticed is a lot of Amazon stuff is actually getting Academy Awards. Yeah, Amazon will show up at a film festival and they'll buy the rights to some film and they'll own it and then they'll distribute it. You know, on they'll distribute it on to actual movie theaters sometimes, and then sometimes they'll just take it straight to Prime Video. But these these movies are actually winning big awards. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I wonder if Netflix has seen that. But the point is, Netflix is seriously considering buying into movie theaters. And this is an interesting concept because basically it would allow them to put their movies into theaters, which would make them eligible for Academy Awards. And they could also release them to Netflix and do some cross kind of things there with people that have Netflix accounts. So. Gosh, that would be really cool if you had a Netflix account and you, you know, they said you you get to go to one movie a month or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the example that the article brought up was um, concession stands. Mm. That like, if you're a Netflix member, you get fifteen percent off a ten dollar popcorn. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. The popcorn will only cost you thirty dollars. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so so yeah, Glenn. So uh, we might have a Netflix branded actual theater chain in the near future. Brian, let me tell you why I'm against this. Okay. Uh, first of all, there's a reason why people have rules. <laughs> and okay. the rules clearly state that if... Well, isn't the other thing, too, that... Before I get into this, isn't the other thing, too, that Netflix was not getting invited to festivals? Could be. Because, like... Cane, cans, canes. I don't know how you pronounce it. I think it's con. Con. Oh gosh, I'm just a hick from First Lick, Brian. <laughs> uh, I could be totally wrong about that. <laughs> I believe it's Kanye. Kanye. Kanye the Kanye film, film festival. Kanye film festival. Yeah. Kanye Kardashian. Um, yeah, they're, they're not. They're not eligible to go to these, or they don't let them in, or they don't invite them. Um, yeah. Because, but it is interesting though that Amazon does, even though they don't. Yeah, I, I'm not sure on that part of it. I know that they 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 basically will buy um, the rights to, to the, they'll go to a film festival, and the film festival that's I mean that's what they're doing is they yeah. they're looking for a distributor of this film. Yeah, and Amazon will step in and be like, "Yep, we'll do this one." And yeah, I think we could make some money from this. Yeah, God, what a yeah printing money over there, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Seattle. So you're 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 mm. definitely wholeheartedly against. this. I'm absolutely against this. And let me yeah. tell you why, Brian. <laughs> um, our because we live in a capitalist society. Yes. Uh, and maybe you don't feel this way, but I am morally opposed to monopolies, and that's what <laughs> this is becoming. What? 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. If you if you create the movie, if you create the product and distribute it, you own all the distri- all the distribution channels and all the you know basically yeah. all the was that horizontal integration or vertical integration? My seventh grade social studies is failing me here. <laughs> I, social I don't know. studies. I don't know. Well, anyway. Good argument, Glenn. Yeah, when you <laughs> when you. <laughs> You know, I feel like, I feel like this are, is a monopoly waiting to happen. A trust, uh, it's like a movie. They're taking over all the movies. Now, don't get me started on why Amazon hasn't been broken up yet. Yeah, that's but true. Uh, Amazon that's true. literally everything. But yeah. but yeah, Brian, yeah. I, I feel like uh, the consumer would suffer. We would probably be forced to see movies that probably weren't as good because Amazon, because we got a Netflix theater here in Lawrence. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to go see. You know. Right, Slumdog Millionaire Two, instead of the new Pirates of the Caribbean Twenty Five. So that's true. That's uh, true. Slumdog Millionaire Two could happen based on this. Slumdog Two. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So I, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, but they said it was really close to happening because the, the Netflix was uh, trying to put a bid on uh, some theater chain that Mark Cuban yeah. owns. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. Land, Landmark? No. Yeah, Landmark. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's really weird. I um, I think it would be interesting. I think Netflix is doing some good stuff. Yeah, you know they're doing some good stuff. If they if they re, kind of similar to to, to Alamo Drafthouse. <laughs> yeah. If they were to really work on the experience and make yeah. it great, then I would say that would be a good thing. Um. But I don't know if they would. I don't know if they would. I don't know if I necessarily trust Netflix to do the right thing there. Yeah. The thing about Alamo Drafthouse that's great is that they looked at every part of the experience and they upped it. You know, They put it to 11. Um, the whole you know, ordering food and everything like that's really cool. Ordering beverages. Even more popcorn. You get like endless supply of popcorn for five bucks or something. It's like... You know, that's unheard of. Yeah. It's, it's so... I mean, I'm not saying... They make everything super cheap, but they did fix some of the stuff that you're annoyed by, but with the theaters. Yeah. And uh, they also, you know, the commercials are better. You don't get this, like, 30-minute onslaught of annoying commercials before the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, when did that start happening? Like, what? They, they figured out they had a captive audience to just torture you for not going to leave. I mean, <laughs> gosh. Um, so, anyway, if Netflix did stuff like that, I could see how it could be pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Are movie theaters... Are they profitable enough for Netflix to get involved? I think if, I think if they didn't have to buy the rights to the movies that they were showing, because that's yeah, a huge part of the they, expense. Yeah, they they own the they own the content, so right. Yeah, they've so already invested in the content. Yeah. It's just a delivery medium, I guess. At the end of the day, yeah. I think it'd probably be a good move for them. You know what's crazy? I still oppose it. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's crazy is that article mentioned that they had two point six billion dollars of revenue and sixty six sixty six million in profit. Yeah. Wait a second. They're spending two point two two billion dollars is coming out the door. Yeah. And they're they're holding back sixty million of it. Well, I can't remember how much of it was actually content creation. I mean, it was a ton. Well, they said eight eight hundred million. Eight billion of con- that. Wait, exactly. <laughs> These numbers seem fuzzy. The 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 article said that they're they they have spent oh they've already last year they spent eight billion producing their own content, but they only took in two point six seven billion. Man, they must have some serious loans out. 
Uh, Last year they had two point six seven billion in revenue, but they spent eight in making movies, and they said they had sixty six million dollars in profit. (laughs) That's I I I, Uh, that's one of those Silicon Valley accounting moves. Hang on to this IOU. We got yeah. (laughs) This is a big one. We got this This huge write off. (laughs) Right. We got this. It's called Stranger Things. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, that's interesting. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think you know, I'm pretty frustrated with like look, the Lawrence movie theater mm-hmm. is really frustrating to me because yep. it's really bad. It's a bad movie theater. Um, we have to go. To, I have to go to Kansas City to go to a decent, you know, yeah. place basically. Uh, so that's frustrating. And Alamo Draft House is kind of a ways away. It's like over an hour drive, and yeah. then, um, so it's kind of hard. Like I, I, I do go to Alamo Draft House when I want to go see something that I really want to go see. Yeah, because they're really specific about talking and texting during the movies, and you yeah. know, taking care of all that stuff. So um, I don't know, I don't know, but you can't I, you can't really replicate that because they've kind of already played that stuff out. They've already fixed all that stuff to the nth degree. So I imagine, I imagine if it, I imagine the they'll probably just do it in some bigger markets. Yeah, and just as, if they bought a landmark chain there or something, I think there's. There's there's landmarks in Kansas. Huh. I mean, you know, so I I don't know. I, if they buy yeah. a big chain, and it seems like those things are changing hands like every month. Yeah, like you know, Cuban's probably already unloaded. How did Mark Cuban ended up with a movie theater chain? He sold he sold a, a get this Brian an internet radio company in like 1999 or yeah. something like that for a right. billion dollars. Yeah, to Yahoo maybe. I can't remember. Those guys have a. Long history of wonderful investments. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Dating all the way back to the birth of the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, uh, if it would improve movies, I'd be all for it. Movie theaters, the movie theater experience. If it would improve, improve the movie theater experience, I'd be all for it. Yeah, mo- movies don't need to be improved. I mean, they'll take care of themselves if yeah. you you know invest in them and do the right things. But yeah, movie theaters they need some work. Yeah. They're crumbling houses of Horror. expensive popcorn. <laughs> the popcorn is so ridiculous. I mean, my wife will go, like, if she goes to a movie with the girls. Yeah. Or if I go with them. Yeah. they always, We always get a big tub of popcorn. Gotta get the popcorn. The big That's tub of popcorn. experience, yeah. And it's unlimited refills, right? So guess who's getting those refills, Brian? Penny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my oldest. No, it's, it's dad. And... But it's funny. I mean, the, but they're so expensive. Like, you get a refill and I take it home. Like, yeah, the, I, I won't. I won't do. I'm, it yeah. kind of disgusts me a little bit. But like, my kids will be sitting on the couch like a day later, <laughs> just like dropping popcorn in their mouths while they're watching, you know, cartoons. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. And you know, there's nothing like natural about the popcorn either. It's like oh, been no. encased in it's all from, sorts of chemicals. It's from Saturn <laughs> yeah. or something. It'll never go bad. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> moon popcorn. They've. Yeah. Yeah, the astronauts found that on yeah. on the moon when they went to. Uh, no, but fortunately we have Liberty Hall yes. in Lawrence, which uh, I really enjoy. Uh, that's where I go get my popcorn as well. Oh yeah, I got to got to have got to get some popcorn over there for sure. And they have beers, and they do have beers, which is nice. You can get a, a nice stout to go with your popcorn. I usually get popcorn, soft drink, Mister Pib, and Whoa. a stout beer, and then I'm just like, dude. By the time the movie's over, your eyes are floating. Two hours, man. (laughs) Two hours. You gotta have. I will not get up. (laughs) You gotta have something there, right? Wow. So, um, oh man, there's nothing like watching a good movie 
in a, in, a, in, a, in Liberty Hall or some yeah, equivalent yeah. Mm-hmm. movie theater where people people who are at that movie theater are excited to be there and happy to be yep. there and mm-hmm. kind of share the same movie values as you, Brian. <sighs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. These are my people. <laughs> well, anyway, Glenn, <clears throat> I say I'm I'm pro Netflix. Mm. Give uh, me Netflix movie nope. theaters. Nope. Any day of the week. Well, if you like a monopoly, <laughs> I do. If you like, a, it's a fun board. If you're not a capitalist, <laughs> or uh, if you're an American, basically. Yeah, I, yeah, I got your drift. I got your drift. I don't paint with too wide of a brush. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, we got that settled. Mm. It's a very controversial issue. Yes, clearly. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the final part of the Jill podcast, which is the questions from the gentleman mailbag. And uh, Glenn, you were, we were talking earlier. About flights, planes, yes, flying through the air, yes. Um, I'm taking a couple trips here coming up, okay, very soon. And uh, we were we were talking about what what you know, what's the what's the go to in flight drink? If I if I could choose one drink, if you could choose one drink, what's the what's the go to in flighter? I don't I don't normally. So the thing about the in flight, if you fly Southwest like I do, yeah, I do most of the time. I do, um, yeah. I'm not an elite member yet, but someday I hope to be. Yeah. But Southwest. Yeah. Wonderful airline. Mm-hmm. Limited number of drink choices. They do. They have a smaller menu. Yeah. So you have to kind of be a little creative. Yep. Um, or just content with whatever they have. Fortunately, I, I am both. Uh, I don't normally order this drink anywhere except on a plane. Okay. Interesting. The, the gin and tonic. Oh, really? I, I love a gin and tonic when I'm 30,000 feet. When I'm mile high, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. I don't I'm not a gin and tonic fan. Yeah. Well, you have see, a thing against gin though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I could see how, you know, airlines bring out a special Yeah. There's something a little different about it. You like you have some different uh associations or something yeah. that, that I could see that would pop up there. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um so I st- okay, so I have a bunch actually. <laughs> I, I I do fly okay, so if I could just pick one, right? Okay, so I do fly southwest. And uh, I actually picked this up because, um, you know, on their menu, they have this as like a suggested combination. And it's bourbon and ginger. Which oh, is, yeah. Which is like the only bourbon they have, which is wild turkey, I think. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 uh, don't get me started on the, on the people where I say, give me a bourbon and they give me a Jack Daniels. Yes. That's, you know, that's frustrating. No, no, but, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, bourbon ginger. If it's a bumpy ride, I'm gonna get a double. Uh, so there's that. But I, more recently, I started doing a thing where I ask for a bourbon and ginger and a sparkling water as well. Oh, so I have two drinks, and uh, one of the ones that Laura gets yes. really caught my eye before, and then it's some tomato juice. Yep. As for some reason. Yep. If I'm on a plane, like maybe it's a morning flight or something like that. Yeah. I don't think a tomato juice would be pretty good. So in a dream scenario, yeah. I would have a bourbon and ginger, a sparkling water, and a tomato juice. <laughs> so I was sitting pretty little maids all in a row. There you go. Yeah. I, Lynn, Lynn will usually get either the tomato juice or the Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Or who are we kidding here? Just the Bloody Mary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, the tomato juice, that's it. Sometimes that's a refreshing drink. For whatever reason. I, I would never that crave that. I know. But on a plane. I know. Like, oh, it yeah. seems like it might work pretty well. Yeah. 
But uh, last time I was on a plane, I, I ordered, I think I ordered a double bourbon and ginger. And then I said, and a sparkling water. And the guy said, sir, I can only serve you one drink. And uh, I thought he was saying only one alcoholic drink. And I was like, no, 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 no. I said sparkling water and, you know, double bourbon and ginger. And he was like, yeah, sir, I said I can only serve you one drink, you know, one drink, period. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Because he's like, I have to I have to serve all these people. I can't be giving everybody, you know. Thanks, like, Brian. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I apologized to the guy. And he came back and he gave me two drinks. Yeah. Psych. Yeah. So, uh, so that worked out. So they usually try to take care of you on time. Yeah, which yeah. is why I like them, you know. Um, but, yeah. yeah. So anyway. That, They're good at my go-to. Yeah. I, so I, I enjoy the, the bourbon and ginger ale. I've not had that yet. I'll have to try that. It's pretty good. I, I, I just, I don't really like, you know, the thing I like, I like about it is that I don't like bourbon and coke coke's a little yeah. too sweet or something yeah. about yeah. it yeah. ginger ale is a little bit drier or mm-hmm. something i don't know it, it's it's a good combination i was kind of surprised i was really into it i so. i can't drink much pop anymore yeah i'm just getting it's just i can't do it i think yeah. i'm getting old yeah I used to pound the stuff yeah there's something about whiskey and coke i don't know it's just not a good ah uh, i don't know i just can't really do it very it's a much. great way to vomit well, yeah. <laughs> so sugary and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Glenn. Well, anyway, we got that all settled out. Okay. Well, that was episode number one thirty-five, Glenn. Wow, flew by. Did like a warm spring night, like a gin and tonic on a plane, on a on a plane <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> Uh, I you know I can't I can't say the same for you. I'm not going to try to order a gin and tonic. Don't do I it. Can't, I can't. You will I, end I, up in the yeah, uh, airport. Might, I might need to get into the front seat pocket <laughs> if that happens. <laughs> uh, the bag. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Glenn. Okay, well, uh, that was upset number one thirty-five. A milestone. Yeah. In podcasting history. Yeah. Is this any is other the, podcast? This is the first podcast that's ever made it to episode one thirty-five. I was going to say. Yeah pretty amazing wow i'm really looking forward to the uh gold um 135 placard that we should get <laughs> from itunes yeah 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 itunes uh record yeah yeah that's yeah, be, be nice uh anyway glenn well uh thanks everybody for listening uh we will catch you in two weeks for episode number 136 and a good night to you adios muchachos <laughs>